BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Rookie and the Vet podcast. I'm your vet, Darren. Joining me is rookie Dante Furco. And Dante, today we're moving away from football, Mm -hmm. even though that season is quickly approaching. But we're going back to basketball. Um, Illinois has landed a number of transfers so far. Right now we got three guys that we're pretty high on. And there's actually potential for a fourth coming in. Um, Rumors are that Ray J. Dennis is on campus this week visiting. And according to those sources, he's also Brad Underwood's number one target to bring onto the Illini squad. Yeah, Yeah, great player. I think it would be a great addition to the team. We can get into that. Um, if we want to do now or after? Sure, let's do that yeah. one first, then we'll tackle everybody else who's already committed. Yeah, I mean, we, we did have an episode on the transfer portal. It's a little outdated at this point, Yeah, but this is kind of us bringing down, you know, who Illinois is bringing into their roster next year. Uh, but, yeah, Ray J. Dennis, I mean, he's one of the top point guards in the class, uh, you know, even before a lot of the big guys signed. And then you have... You know, he's a, he's a big-time scorer. I mean, yeah. he averaged about 20 points per game for Toledo this year. MAC Player of the Year, yep. I believe two years in a row? Could be. If I, if I remember correctly. Definitely he was uh, just led them to a title, too. So, the MAC title, at least. Mm. But Yeah, I mean, six assists per game as well, so he's... Not afraid to share the ball a little yep. bit. 48% from the field, 36% from three. Um, and, I mean, he's a 6'2 guard. Doesn't have a lot of size to him as guard, but Illinois also, I feel like, doesn't really go after big guards. I like I always said, I like those smaller guards, those mm-hmm. quick guys. Um, so, I I mean, I would love to see this guy in the yeah. orange and blue come our way. It, it brings just even more experience. Yeah. And you see experience wins titles and gets you far in the tournament. We've seen in recent years uh, with, I mean, especially this year with UConn, they had a lot of older guys. But I think he'd add a lot to this team. Um, he'd probably be a day one starter. Yeah. I mean, I can guarantee the, that. I I would guess. Yeah. Him. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen you know too much of him, so I'm not you know a Ridley Dennis expert. But sure. from what I have seen of him, he's j- just that guy you want with the ball in your hand. Yeah. And 100%. I've been doing my quick research here because you know weather's my full time job, sports my 
kind of side gig here, but uh, what I read, he was ranked third in the nation for assist to turnover ratio. Mm. So, I mean, that speaks volume. Like you said, he can share the ball, um, and definitely he's a good scorer as well. Uh, just this last season, almost 20 points a game. Uh, the season before that, about 13 points a game. So you're seeing him continue to elevate, raise his game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you surround him with the right pieces. And it seems like that's what we're kind of building here under Brad Underwood. Um, I don't know, maybe next year he puts up 22 points a game and can help bring a Big Ten title to yeah. Champaign. Yeah, and what I'll say also is don't be afraid about bringing in a mid-major player. You know, Illinois honestly has brought in for the majority mid-major players into, you know, their... Uh, and via the transfer portal, and, you know, obviously you want those big-name guys from the Blue Bloods and, you know, the Power 5 schools, those kind of transfers, but these are the guys that go under the radar. But, right. I mean, I mean, Ray J. Dennis has gotten a lot of exposure since he's entered the transfer portal. He's a hot commodity. Yeah. He's good for a reason. So I just don't want people to kind of, you know, see Toledo as the name and be right. like, oh, are we just getting somebody? Indiana's actually also after him as yeah. well. And putting him in their backcourt would make them still a very strong contender yeah. for a Big Ten title next year. Yeah, and it's that that, that shows he's a good player. Yeah, Indiana, the, the big schools after him, you want him. Brad Underwood wants him. At this point, I want him. Um, just adds more depth to this Illinois team, especially after losing Jaden Epps, Sky Clark. They do have Sincere Harris back, and I mean uh, Justin Harmon, who we'll talk about soon. Yeah at the guard position, but it just only adds more firepower and offense to an Illinois team that, you know, has Luke Goody coming back, has yep. Sincere Harris coming back, Ty Rogers, but, I mean, losing since uh, Terrence Chan Jr. and Coleman Hawkins most likely to the NBA, adding a guy like him would be even more explosive because you need a leader. While he doesn't have that experience with Illinois, He's been around the block. Yeah, and just going over his resume from just this last season, unanimous selection for MAC Player of the Year, first team All MAC finalist for the Lute Olson National Player of the Year Award, Lou Henson Mid Major Player of the Year Award, MAC All Tournament team, and he also led the Rockets to tie all-time school record twenty-seven victories in a season. Um, so again, I think. Yeah, he's a great player. He's hungry, and I think you bring him into a Power 5 school like Illinois, you put the pieces around him that he needs to succeed, and I think, again, these other players that we're kind of talking about are going to be that potential for him. Um, I think a lot of success if he happens yep. to come this way. Yeah, and then moving on to players that you know have already committed to and officially announced their transfer to Illinois, and we'll build off... As we just mentioned, Justin Harmon, uh, guard. He's a six-four um, guard uh, from Utah Valley, also from the Chicago, Illinois area. Yep. So he could be a great hometown story, you know, if he's able to succeed for Illinois. He's someone where I'm not sure necessarily if he'll be a day one starter uh, come October, November. But I think he definitely has a chance to be alongside if they were to get Ray J. Dennis as well as Sincere Harris, but Harmon, I mean, 14 points per game for Utah Valley, uh, shot 45% in the field. They ended up losing in the NIT championship to, I think, UAB maybe. 
Um, North Texas. North, yeah, was it? I, I forget. Yeah. The, I don't watch too much of the NIT. Yeah, it kind of slips under the radar a little bit. But yeah. basketball's basketball. Love watching, you know, yeah. good competition. They went far, that's all I know. Yep. Uh, but he definitely would be a great addition to you know, Illinois team. Another guy with experience in college basketball. Yes, it's a mid-major school. On the lower end of the mid-major, too. But, you know, he's here for a reason. Right. And, I mean, again, I like the not necessarily hometown guys because they're not from Champaign, mm -hmm. but home state, like, this is where you're from. You know, these are the fans you want to play in front of. And that was one thing we kind of discussed in our previous episode was going home and playing mm -hmm. for that team. Um, and I definitely think, you know, if you can add him to that roster, like you said, his resume is very impressive. He's young, only yeah. two seasons so far. So if he came to, Il well, he is coming to Illinois. Um, but I mean, has another, what, two, three years yeah. that he's... Able I just to think because he would have been right after the COVID year. Yeah, so, so that's he, why I was unsure about that. Yeah, so but at least two years. At least two years of eligibility yep. left, um, and hopefully in Illinois for both those two years. Yeah, and you know after his first. Yeah, I think he brings a lot to the team. Yeah, um, I definitely just, talented scorer. You know, uh, not a lot of turnovers. Kind of like yep. what we were just saying with uh, Ray J. Dennis as well. Assists about three assists per game. Um, Three-point shooting, 34% from the field. He's 73%. Um, the year before that, 78%. So, But it does look like he can share the basketball. Um, he can score. Um, everything looks good about this young man. And like I said, you want to build that program. You don't want just to build a team. Mm -hmm. And I think you bring him in with him coming in. I keep saying if you bring him in. But yes, he is committed. Yep. Um, I definitely think he can help bring you some success over the next couple of years. Yep. Uh, I'll be curious to see the way they kind of use him in terms of... Because honestly, next year, I don't know who's going to be that main ball handler because Terrence Shannon Jr. was that this year where he was the one kind of commanding the offense. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Harmon's maybe that guy. I don't see Sincere Harris being that... Maybe he takes up the ball, but I don't know if he necessarily would command the offense for yeah. Illinois. But I think Harmon could be, especially if they don't, if they're unsuccessful in landing Dennis, then Harmon could be that point and the leader of that offense. That's where I think he brings a lot to the table. So like I said, he's been here, you said, two years in college basketball. You know, he knows what it takes. Yes, at the mid-major level, but he knows what it takes uh, to run a college team. And yeah. He's done it successfully at Utah Valley. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to our next guy? Yeah. All right. Let's talk. You want to go Quincy Guerrier? Yeah, let's go Quincy. Yeah. So Quincy. I've he's kind of been around a little he bit. He has been around a little bit. And he was fortunate enough to get a COVID year. Yep. He, uh, I mean, I've I've seen him in person many times. I mean, I have season. From I, Syracuse? Yeah, I still okay. have season tickets to Syracuse. And when he was there... He, I loved Quincy Gurrier when he was there. I think the first year was a little – they were using him poorly uh, in that 2-3 zone and the offense. But then in his sophomore year, he was able to explode with Syracuse, averaging 13 points per game – 14 points per game basically and eight rebounds. And it felt like when he went to Oregon, kind of took a backseat to a lot of guys yeah. where he wasn't scoring a lot, wasn't even getting as many offensive rebounds – or offensive – well, rebounds in general – 
And then he just wasn't shooting as much, where he did at Syracuse because they put him in the position to do so. You think Bayheim just kind of let him off the leash, if you will, and kind of free to do what he wants, where he was a little bit more controlled maybe over in Oregon? I don't I don't really know. I just know at Syracuse they shot the ball a lot. Yeah. Like, you got the ball in your hands, you shot the ball, basically. Um, that was also the year they went to is it the Final Four. Is it Elite Eight or Final Four? I think it was the Elite Eight. And they went on this huge run, and Quincy Guerrier was the biggest reason that that happened, that they were able to make their run. I think that was that year. Um, but they just – Quincy brings height to this team, which is huge. And I've been saying all offseason they need a tall, yep. big man, not you know a buff Kofi Coburn-like big man, which is kind of like Dane Danger. He's only 6'8", which I think Illinois, they would have benefited from bringing somebody in a little – 6'10", 6'11", but I mean, he's, I would assume he's going to be in that starting lineup come day one. I mean, I would assume a lot of these guys that we're talking about today are going to be starters or at least going to be having a pretty big impact once they hit the hardwood here in Illinois. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, his Syracuse record looks great. It's just something happened in Eugene where he kind of just fell off a little bit. I mean, still pretty good numbers, um, but not near what he was doing over in Syracuse. What I will also say is, while he's not the best three-point shooter, I know he shot like 35% from three, but I know he didn't have a limited, he had a limited amount of takes. He can shoot from three. Okay. Like, he's, he's a guy who can pop out onto the wing and shoot a three. Especially when you have a guy like Dane Danger that will be in the middle clogging up the paint. A guy like him is going to be perfect on the wing. He's not somebody you're going to want taking a bunch of threes, but if he's open, he's probably going to knock it down. Okay. Which I think is huge for them because they've had games where they struggle to shoot. Um, and he's just another guy that can give you options. Um, but, yeah, I like Quincy. I think it's a good ad. Okay. Um, question is... You know, how much wear and how, how much does he have left in the tank? Yeah. I'm wondering. Four years in college basketball going on to his fifth. Or, yeah, going on to his fifth. Um, I'm wondering how much you know he has left in the tank. I will also say this being his final year of eligibility gives him something to prove, though, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he could just lay it all out there. Um, you know, nothing to lose, essentially. Um, this is kind of his, his final go-around, if you will, and... Again, a lot of these guys looking to go to that next level. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he's going to start. I would like to see him start to bring those Syracuse numbers back. And, again, yeah. we get all these other pieces around, um, people I, sharing the ball. I think opportunities for everybody. Yeah, what I will say, too, with Quincy is finally Illinois was able to land him. So they Illinois went after Quincy Guerrier went out of high school. Okay. Didn't get him. He chose Syracuse. Then when Quincy decided to go in the transfer portal from Syracuse, Illinois was another one of his like top three schools. Didn't get him again. And then he entered the transfer portal for Oregon. And if Illinois didn't get him again, that would just be something. Because the amount of times Brad Underwood has gone after him and missed him. But, you know, he was able to seal the deal this time. I mean, I would hope... So obviously Underwood's seeing something in this kid that he really likes and he thinks would be big addition yeah. for Illini basketball. If I had to guess, Brad Underwood's got a great basketball mind. He, oh, yeah. I'm sure he sees something in Quincy that, I mean, not that we don't see, but that he feels like he 
you know, has what it takes to put Quincy on, you know, the highest platform possible to succeed and bring that success to Illinois. Okay. All right. And our fourth and final guy, we're talking Marcus Domask. Mm -hmm. And I actually really like this guy. Um, not from Illinois, but he's from Wisconsin, but he's been playing ball down at mm -hmm. Southern Illinois for the Salukis. Um, this guy, again, forward, another kind of big guy, 6'6", 215. Um, and off, this is his final year, it looks like, too. Yes. Um, but he has been very consistent. Freshman year, averaging about 14 points a game. Sophomore yep. year, 16. Junior year, 15. And then this most recent season, almost 17 points a game. So he looks really good. Um, some of the film that I've seen on this guy – very good catch and shoot three point yep. ball. Um, shoots about thirty six percent from three point land, and uh, you know you pair him up uh, with Mister Harmon over here, and I think you got a pretty lethal combo with those two. Oh yeah, and I I'm a big fan of him because he gives. I, I hate to say this because nobody should compare to this player, but he gives me Clay Thompson vibes. He's able to pull up and shoot. I can see that. He's able to drive a little bit, pull up and shoot. I just, I, I, I like this addition for Illinois. My big question is, is he's a very similar player to Luke Goody. Yeah. Very similar player to Luke Goody. Size, stature, the way they shoot. Can you have them both starting in the same lineup? Maybe. That's, that's yeah, that, that's what I'm wondering. Especially, too, when you add in Quincy into, I'm going to assume Quincy's going to be a starter, and Dane, if you want all that size. Because that, that's where I think Illinois went wrong Sometimes this year. you need size, Of though. course. Um, and then sometimes you need to go small. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I will say you get all, you get him, Luke Goody. I mean, just kind of picturing that on the floor, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think who do you guard and like who's the matchup, who's the mismatch, you know? As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Um, if you're that defense, yeah, I but could, I could definitely see those two being like the Illinois Splash Brothers, yeah, in a way. And we didn't get to see the full Luke Goody this year. No, we did not. You know, he had that foot injury. Came like about February, right before you know tournament play. I believe he made his return at Mich uh, against Michigan, and we didn't see a lot of him. And I mean, it takes a little bit to get into a, a rhythm and be able to knock down shots like Luke Goody can. Yeah. But having, I feel like he wasn't still just wasn't back to that hundred mm -hmm. percent fully. Like maybe 
80 to 90% there, but I think he wanted to come back, but something was still kind of holding him back a little yep. bit. And, I mean, he'll be one of the top. Matthew Meyer was that, with air quotes, lockdown shooter for Illinois this year where he was the one that was taking all the threes, and that's what I think Luke Goody would be this year. And then you add in Damask into the rhythm, and I think it, they're going to be good. Those yeah. two, I think it's going to be a great combination. I'm just curious to see, can you have them on the same starting lineup? That's what I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know basketball and I will say, like Brad Underwood. I can say, yeah, and getting into Brad Underwood's mind is a whole nother exactly. ordeal. But, I mean, that was one of Illinois' biggest draws this drawbacks this year was their three-point shooting. And, I mean, just some of the games I was at, it was not good. Mm-hmm. And so we add these guys who can hit those long shots. Um, I mean, why not just see where see what happens if you got both these guys on the field at the same time with each other um i mean because we've got that guard who can distribute the ball and if one's not open the other one probably gonna be open Mm -hmm. for a look what i will say too you know as we wrap these players up one thing that i looked at with every player and you know you look at the stats with points per game rebounds assists but the ones that i was looking at was free throw percentage yeah, because and that was Illinois another big thing that killed them. Struggled this year. in clutch moments to shoot free throws. That killed them. So that's a big thing I was looking at. A lot of these guys can shoot very well from the free throw line. I think Quincy might be one of the question marks, but still, it's you need guys who can make free throw shots. Yeah, I mean those are gimmies. I mean nobody's guarding you. I mean yeah. you got to be able to knock down your free throws. My wife who is only a basketball fan when I'm watching basketball. That's her one criticism um, of players is how can you not make these shots? Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely a great point. I mean, you got to be able to just take that deep breath, give my team two points right here. Yep. And, you know, you got to capitalize on that. Yeah. I'm excited to see all these players, you know, over at State Farm Center. And we'll continue to kind of update that on our broadcast and our website as well as right back here as the summer goes on. Maybe they do land R.J. Dennis. Maybe maybe they even bring it in some a couple other players. We don't know. And, sure. Um, I know sooner or later we'll probably talk about the women's team. They have had three additions this offseason Shauna well. Green's doing work over there. Oh, she's That's doing great. That's for sure. And I love – I mean, Brad Underwood does it sometimes, but when Shauna Green tweets a GIF or GIF, however you pronounce it – you know they just landed someone. That's what I love. She'll she'll put it she'll put it up, and you just know we're getting an announcement in the next day. I'll have to give her a follow then. Yeah, but right. they they've added some size, which has been great. But yeah, I mean, stick with Illinois sports, um, golf. The the men's Oof. team they're doing pretty well this yeah. year. I mean, they're one of the top in the country. Just yeah. won the Big Ten uh, conference tournament. Um, and this week, Tommy Cool he DQ'd himself from. Uh, the U.S. Open local qualifier out in Springfield. And we have A.J. Gersh joining us to uh, give us a little bit more insight exactly on what exactly uh, Tommy Cool did, explaining aeration marks a little bit. So um, here's A.J. All right, A.J. Gersh joining us here on Rookie and the Vet. Longtime listener, first-time caller. A.J., we're talking about the, the cool deal going on with his uh, disqualifying himself from the U.S. Open. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? First of all, guys, uh, 
I'm really appreciative of you inviting me on the podcast. I just wish my name started with a D. That way we could do like a <laughs> diners, drive-ins, and dives type of thing. And I just drove around the parking lot of this uh, strip mall for about 10 minutes trying to find Wi-Fi so I could zoom in. But I'm happy to be here by voice only. I wanted to talk golf, especially I, I texted Dante. And I was like, man, this situation just absolutely sucks. My heart is broken for Tommy Cool, especially knowing Illini Country Club and how challenging that course is to begin with, especially putting up a 62 at by far the most challenging course in Springfield. I'm not sure about the entire central Illinois region, but of all the courses that I've played in central Illinois, it is by far the toughest. Um, the one thing that I will say is the whole aerated greens deal. So for those of you who are listening right now, I might not be 100% clued in with aerated greens and what exactly happened with Tommy Cool is basically the gist of it is my guy put up a 62, which is a phenomenal round. Of course, right. And your par. It, it, that's unimaginable for any weekend golfer, 10 under par. I am lucky if I hit the green 10 times in regulation in a round, let alone tap in 10 birdies. But once you're on the green, those greens sometimes have to be taken care of, guys. And for a maintenance team, especially with a Bermuda green like they have at Illini Country Club, you have to aerate it multiple times a year, once in the spring, a couple times throughout the summer, and then again in the fall – that way you're killing the dead grass under the surface and allowing the grass underneath to expand and regrow and form nice green, soft putting surface like, you know, the pros and the, colle uh, the collegiate golfers are used to. So what happened at Illini Country Club is the maintenance staff had aerated the greens, I guess maybe not enough time in advance for this U.S. Open qualifying event that Tommy Cool was playing in. And these golfers were putting on aerated greens, or at least uh, the remnants of, the, of them, for the entirety of their rounds. And then upon hitting a 62, Tommy Cool steps off and says, man, I can't believe I just hit a 62. And the guy who he's talking to says, yeah, me too, especially with those aerated greens, man. It was crazy. And he goes, wait, the, those were aeration marks? He was fixing them like they were divots the whole round, multiple times throughout the round. And I guess his heart just sunk. I know, Dante, you talked to him mm -hmm. um, this week. And it's just a heartbreaking situation. But it goes to show you the character of a guy like that who can own up to his mistakes. Yeah, it's against the rules. It, it really stinks that it's against the rules. And, and any average golfing fan uh, will say, you know what? Screw that. The 62 is the 62. You're just fixing divots or, or what you thought were divots. But, you know, he, he knew it was against the rules. He went up to the ruling official, said, you know what, I was fixing the aeration marks as if they were divots, and he was disqualified, virtually taking him out of the U.S. Open, which is a life-changing experience for anyone, let alone a guy who's knocking on the door of, of, of becoming a PGA professional. Um, it shows his character, no doubt. Especially, I will say, I do believe that Tommy Cool is a two-time All-Big Ten uh, Sportsmanship Award winner. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting, you know, I, Tommy Cool, he's a guy who, he's next up in golf. There are only a handful of collegiate uh, golfers who are ranked higher than him. I believe it's only, I think he's fifth or sixth ranked in the country. One of those golfers ranked ahead of him is uh, uh, his teammate, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, the Chassard. 
And it's just an upsetting situation considering all the guys ranked ahead of him in the World Golf Amateur Rankings have already played in PGA events, have already gone to majors and qualified for them. And what I will say is that he will definitely be on the major stage at one point, knowing him. It's just a shame that this point that won't happen this U.S. Open season. AJ, when you when you were able to watch the video that I put up of his kind of reaction um, and him explaining the story, did you get more of a feeling that it was clearly an accident? Oh, it definitely was an accident. No golfer in their right mind, I would say, would go out of their way to, to break the rules, especially on a competitive stage like a U.S. Open qualifier. And the fact that he was repairing the greens basically means that they weren't freshly aerated. I, I worked on maintenance uh, at, at a golf course over the summers in college, and aeration is a, is a kind of a long process. You know, you have to punch the greens manually. You have to sand them. You have to let them heal. And it's a week, two-week-long process. So my best bet is that these greens at Illini Country Club, because, by the way, First and foremost, I will say, Illini Country Club is the best manicured course in central Illinois, hands down. That maintenance staff is fantastic. Their fairways are like hitting off the carpets. Their greens are cut immaculately. Everything is so beautiful. However, I will say they probably were in their second week post-aeration, which means Tommy Cole probably saw it and genuinely did not know that that was aeration. And those holes were made from a, a, a aerating puncher. Uh, he probably just thought that maybe it was a little scuffed up, but he clearly hasn't played Illini Country Club too often because Illini Country Club doesn't have scuffed up greens ever unless they're treating them. Uh, AJ, you've played there. You spoke to how difficult the course is. Uh, just your perspective, what makes it uh, such a difficult course to play? One thing about Illini that's unique and difficult to an average golfer such as myself is that it kind of butts up against Chatham Road in Springfield. So if you miss a shot left, it's gone. It's it, You might be liable for a broken windshield. However, that's not always the case, especially with these collegiate golfers who are so consistent, uh, Division One golfers uh, playing for in, a, in Big Ten competition. One thing that is very difficult about the course is even though it is a condensed course, meaning the square acreage it might be small it is narrow on several occasions they break up each fairway with a tight path of trees the fairways are nice and tight and the greens are so small and oh my goodness unforgiving as anything if you miss a chip just a little bit short it's almost like you see videos on, uh if you're a golf fan uh, on instagram of this golf course in north carolina called tobacco road that's like one of the most hilly golf courses ever where you hit it and if it doesn't hit the green, it's rolling right back to you, right off the left, right, or back side. You have to hit your mark on a course like that. And Tommy Cole did that when he played in his U.S. Open qualifier. It's just a shame that he had to disqualify himself. Yeah, AJ, before we let you go, because then I got to go, um, I got to ask, uh, you know, let's take go away from sports a little bit. What, uh, what were your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> Let me tell you. No spoilers, though. I am an avid Marvel fan, an avid fan of movies, 
Shameless promotion at AJ Gersh TV on Twitter. I review at least one movie a week. I try to get to the movie theaters probably every Thursday or Friday evening and review a movie. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is another classic James Gunn story. He said in interviews that he resonates with the character of Rocket Raccoon, who, if you're not a fan of Marvel, is basically a raccoon who is experimented on to, be, to create a higher evolutionary uh, species. And the Guardians 3 is really the story. It's kind of step, taking a step away from Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord, and everything else while still keeping the whole team together and telling the story of Rocket. And I think that they do that in a beautiful way, in a way that's satisfying for everyone. And without any spoilers, it does have a very, very satisfying ending that I think everyone will like. The one thing that I would mention is it is being advertised as a kid's movie. If I, a grown man, am sitting there choking up in my chair in the theater and visibly disgusted at multiple moments, I don't know if it's a kid's movie exactly, but it is a really, really, really good film. And I would go as far as to say as it's probably the best old story since Avengers Infinity War. Okay. There you go. All right. I mean, I've been wanting to see it. So, I mean, just let having AJ say a little bit of something about it uh, just makes me want to get to the theaters uh, even more. Yeah. Well, we appreciate having you on, AJ. Hope we, we can have you on soon, maybe in person or even, you know, over video. But we appreciate you joining on to Rookie in the Vet. Boys, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you for a little bit. I'm looking forward to getting over your way and uh, visiting you in the station and hanging out and maybe doing an in-person recording at some point. All right. Sounds, sounds good. good. That's AJ Gersh. All right. Well, thanks, AJ, for joining us. And like you heard him say, difficult course out there. Very unfortunate to see um, him have to make that decision. Um, but from what AJ kind of said, he's, you know, very good up-and-coming oh, golfer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, watching golf on the weekends and Tommy Cool, hey, mm. Illinois guy. Yeah, no, that, the whole team is really good. I mean, they're just stacked from top to bottom. I mean, they're known as a blue blood in uh, college golf, and Tommy Cool just seemed like a class act, you know, when I talked oh, yeah. to him and – you know, was able to just kind of ask him, you know, what happened that day. You could, you could tell it was genuinely accidental and that, you know, he didn't realize, you know, the gratitude of the situation at the time. And then, you know, he came clean, which, I mean, kind of shows, I guess, that he knew what he did was, act, like, wrong accidentally, right. even though he didn't know. Um, so, I mean, I guess my heart goes out for him in a way. Yeah. You know, he shoots so well and then kind of all gets torn yeah. down definitely more opportunities for this young man in the near future very near future yeah. and he's graduating this year so he's in his fifth year too so he came back for another year and but yeah like you said a lot of opportunity for him as he gets ready for the pga tour yeah he, he is a name i think you could you could see i mean synonymous with you think uh, jordan spieth kind of level roy McIlroy. who knows you know you never know people yeah. come out of nowhere kind of thing that's and, true um especially i'm not I, since i don't know enough about like golf in terms of people's career paths but i'm curious like how many you know are at that college level and there's some people that go straight pro from like high school yeah so i'm not sure like how many how many people you see on that journey kind of thing 
but yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. A lot of covered a lot this week. Yeah. A lot of so, players. Yeah. Men. Basketball all the way to golf. So interested to see what we come up with for next week. And uh, yeah, you can join us here on Rookie and the Vet. That is on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your wherever podcast. You get your podcast. You're a better expert on yeah. the podcast thing than me. But really, wherever you get your podcast, check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Furco. I forget what your. I'm Darren Leeds. Weather or Darren Leeds WX? Yeah, WX. You search Darren Leeds, you'll find me. Yeah. But I mean, we're, we're always tweeting sports. Uh, I've had a lot of good stories this week. Um, we had a story on a local athlete. She's designing her cleats, donating to cancer. Yeah. So that's a great read up on our website. And then also a few local athletes around the area uh, getting ready for postseason uh, sports. So a lot, a lot on the table for us. And excited to keep going here on rookie in the vet and yeah it was awesome having aj on hopefully yeah. we can more guests more i love having the guests yeah i mean first guest or i'll technically second guest because yes. we had broker last yes. week but want to get somebody in studio here with us we'll make it happen calling yeah. out nick nick patrick yes call all right nick patrick. i'll call him in he's got the baby so <laughs> we'll have to see we'll if we can we can get him over here yeah, maybe dude. we'll have two guests that day yeah. so all right well, that'll do it for us. I'm Darren Leeds. And I'm Dante Furco. 